I'm Maddie. And I am Ryan. And this is The Mutant Ages, a show where we watch every adaptation of the X-Men. Of Ghost in the Shell. (laughs) Of Ghost in the Shell, of Akira. Today we're watching Akira and Evangelion. And just kidding, we're watching the X-Men anime and we're having a great time. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. Bubblegum Crisis 2040 is kind of the vibe that I got from this. Mm, Have you seen that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what? Okay. I'm loving With it. With the evil robots? I'm having a great, yeah. great time. For real. Like, okay. I enjoyed this episode. Legit? I, I already said it to you, but I'm like, you know I love TAS. I love Evolution. But I don't know. We're two episodes into the show. I'm like, this shit man, is Man, this good. show is like, this show's really fucking good. Like, I'm like, this is like a Ryan Pagella level version of the x-men where it's extremely dark it's and so horrifying dark. it's a horror anime it is not for children no okay <laughs> i mean this is a this is a tv show where we're gonna have to watch storm and cyclops murder a child in cold blood well because the child it has been horrifically operated on and is begging them to kill him so that the, that happens first. It, like, it's I forgot about how fucked this show is. I mean, I watched it. Okay, so I watched the show when it first came out, and we had the DVDs, and I was with my ex at the time, and he. Did you like it? I mean, do you do you did you like it at the time? I liked I liked what I got to see because it's him, and he'd be like, "Yeah, let's watch this together." And then he'd come home, he's like, "I already watched six more episodes," oh. and then I was like, "Well, where's the DVDs?" And then he'd be like, "Oh." <laughs> So you saw some of it is basically yeah. what it is. Okay. Yeah. And then I, I knew for this show, we were going to watch it again. So I've just been kind of holding off and being like, I'm not going to leap ahead and watch X-Men content that we're going to watch here on the Mutant Ages unless it's brand new to the MCU or whatever, you know? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I just think it's interesting because it, it has ended up being so much deeper than I thought it was going to be. I was expecting it to be a very silly show. Uh, but this episode's fucking heavy as hell, <laughs> and I was really taken aback by it. The mutant metaphor is back in Japan, at least. Uh, I, okay. I, they actually specify that. Yeah, the mutant metaphor returns in this, and it's like really fucked where they're like, so anyway, these are mutants, and we're just like not going to give them any kind of rights Yeah, at all. and also like people just openly despise them and openly being like i don't care if they get taken and killed yeah it's like kind of a a yeah it's it's intense i mean there were pieces of this that definitely reminded me of the queer metaphor and also like racism or sort of like a combination of those those types of things where it's like the way that people just decide a culprit to blame everything on where it's like yeah oh, you know, all this crazy weather, that's trans people. Like, it's a kind of, like, crazy shit that, like, religious <laughs> leaders say where they're like, well, it's because all the kids are coming out of the closet and that's what God's punishing us. Like, that's the kind of logic that the small town characters are operating on in this show yeah. where they're just like, oh, it's all these mutants everywhere, you know? They're, they're just causing problems for all of us, all of us regular people. It's like, what? That has nothing to do with your day-to-day life at all, but uh, I guess you're going to punish a bunch of children and kill them or let them die because you can't be bothered. Does Japan in real life suffer from... I mean, obviously every country suffers from marginalization on some degree, but I... I f- I feel like I read shit back in the day about Japan. Right, like, is homophobia different there as opposed to here? Well, yeah, but also sort of the expectation of everyone complying is a little bit different, yeah. you know? I mean, I think that's a piece of it, but I but I also think they're 
I mean, because of globalization and the the age of the internet, a lot of uh, countries that have that, have access to that, are pretty much on the same level. Like a lot of times these days in 2023, as we record this, when I sort of hear about like discussions of sexism in Japan or homophobia, I'm like, wow, like they're approaching it from a different cultural standpoint, but they're at the same level as we are yeah, well, that's... in a broad set. Do you know what I mean? But I feel like this show is sort of interesting because it's, well, it's, it's you know, it's, 10 to 15 years ago in terms of like the time period we're looking at. And so globalization was happening, but it's also like there's a culture clash thing being depicted here where the characters on the show, the X-Men are like, we're coming from the United States where the X-Men are heroes and people love us. But in Japan, there isn't an equivalent of that superhero team for whatever reason. And mutants are just in a different social position. And I mean, I don't know if that's like reflective of any specific marginalization in Japan at the time. Right. Or like whatever politics is yeah, going on there. I mean, that yeah. I can't really speak to. And maybe some of our listeners can be more familiar with that. But but I do think it is just kind of like a general human condition thing where sometimes you're like in a big city and you're like, what are you talking about? There's no bigotry here. And then you like go to a small town, even in your own country, perhaps, or definitely in another country where you're like, what the fuck? Like, you know what I'm talking about? Where it's just like, I don't know that it's about Japan specifically, but like, there's this line in here where Logan, I think Logan says to Scott, when they're like decompressing after being like horrifically bigoted against, they're like, yeah, they love those small town values. I think it's Logan's line. And I was like, yeah, man, like that really is what it is, where it's like a bunch of people who are very sheltered and have been allowed to develop weird conspiracy theories do you know what I'm talking about? Like, it's like a yeah. small town thing as opposed to just a um, cultural thing. But I do think it's neat, like watching a show that's made by both American writers and Japanese writers and is dealing with a culture clash. I mean, there's there's some things about the show that are really neat that I didn't expect where I'm like, huh, that's cool. That's cool that they like thought about that. And they were like, what if we wrote an additional level in here where it's like, oh, mutants are treated differently in small town Japan, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of neat. I think it works. I, I am curious to see what samples you're talking about here, because you're like, there's some points in here, but I don't I don't know which ones you're referencing, so I guess we can talk about it when we get to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I... I, 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 just, I just think of the weird grocery store guy. The grocery store guy about. is crazy, but also, like, the the lines that the parents say when they're describing their kid... Yeah. I thought were interesting. There were, like, a couple... A couple moments that, I mean, I transcribed it. We can kind of like get to it as we get to it. So do you want to start? Do you have anything else you want to say before we start? No. I mean, I, I, there's a lot of anime bullshit that's about to happen that I actually enjoy. Oh my enjoy. God. Okay. So like there's some stuff in here that is not serious at all, which is just pure insanity where it's like, is that mastermind who's carrying the champagne glass and just giggling? Is that, is that mastermind? I, th- I think, yeah. no, I th- I think that's sublime. No, because sublime is the one on the phone with that guy. I thought that's just a random human. I don't know. I, well, I guess we'll find I'm out. I'm pretty sure it's mastermind, but there is an anime ass villain in this episode who is not introduced by name. And I was just like, <laughs> who the fuck is that guy? Like there's so much of that. And I love it. Like the fucking anime villains of this show are so fun. Like I was like giggling along with them. There's a lot of anime villain giggling. Like they're like, oh, yeah. hey, hey, hey. and then there's like another guy who's like, hey, and it's like everybody has their own like villain laugh. It's no, so- I like the I, the guy you're talking about is the one that's also full on anime drinking like a glass of wine and also giggling into why, it why does he have a glass of wine and it's like what and he's like almost completely in shadow except then there's like a zoomed in shot like of his beard gay voice and he's like yeah. hey everybody i've got some wine and it's like who are you could you introduce yourself <laughs> i don't know um i love it i'm enjoying this show uh so I think you're, much. Wait, you might be right i think you might be right that it's mastermind i think so because i think the you men are eventually revealed to be working with the inner circle all right i can't believe i called them the inner circle i'm so sorry everyone the hellfire club what am i saying is that what they call it in this yes i, I guess i don't remember <laughs> we haven't really been properly introduced to them so they're just there we haven't but i i know because i keep the wiki open because there's so many characters on this show whose names i'm i'm kind of trying to keep track of so far because they aren't introducing people by name most of the time so i've kind of been like looking at the wiki to try to figure it out 
Easier said than done, by the way. Yeah, I don't know how you're managing they that. They call it the inner circle on the wiki, so that's part of what's already confusing. The inner Hellfire Club. All right, so let's start. I love this shot. This is anime shit where it's like we see like a building and then it pans down into a basement, then it pans down into another basement, yeah. and then it pans down into like <laughs> the hell basement. Fucking video game it's ass, like, like first level, second <laughs> level, third level, and then it's like everything's bathed in red lighting. This is full on. Samus is like going further into whatever planet she's on. Yeah, and then Samus is like, boop. (laughs) Okay, wait, I always go. (laughs) I was gonna be like, you know when Samus goes to the planet Corsair? (laughs) I was like, that's not. Okay, wait, I need to stop recording this and write a fan fiction about Samus meeting Corsair because that's the funniest shit anybody's ever thought of. And she would be so annoyed, mad at him. so annoyed by him, and it would be so fucking funny. Can you imagine the two of them together? Like Samus just being like, I gotta get away from this guy. And then Corsair just pops up somewhere else and he's like, Hello, so I found I, yeah. this. <laughs> Okay, but what you're describing <laughs> is the new She-Ra show between um, yes. Ramista and Seahawk. Love, is that his name? Yeah, Seahawk. I love their relationship so Who much. Who also is looks Corsair. like Corsair. Seahawk and Corsair <laughs> are the same guy. Um, okay, I'm sorry. We got so Corsair, distracted. <laughs> Corsair gets onto Samus's ship. He's like, ah, I got this. And he crashes Samus's ship into like Mother Brain straight up. <laughs> <laughs> but like it also doesn't work. And Mother Brain is just like, um, I'm fine. Your ship is destroyed. It's also Mother Brain from Captain N, who is like a full-on drag queen. So Okay, we are way too distracted, which is sad because I love this episode. Um so we okay, get good. Okay, so back to the terrifying robots. Yeah. We're like this is a horror movie. It These is so robots are cool. scary. Okay, so I'm just gonna like briefly describe this control room because visually it's incredible. And we're gonna come back here again and again. So I want the listeners to have this in their minds, especially since this show is streaming so like we're doing the best we can here so like everything's bathed in red light and there's a whole bunch of like computers that the robots well they're kind of cyborgs and robots whatever we can use those words interchangeably because the show doesn't really care about the difference between those things well, they're human yeah they're right? human so they're like, human. that's what they actually are and so there are all, the, all these computers but they're like backdropped against this just network of cables that look like living organs or something and they're like pulsating it's it's very mr sinister lab yeah it's like mr sinister by way of like alien you know what i mean like it's like everything's gross looking and like pulsing i was really shocked that this show wasn't about mr sinister and the marauders me too and that it's about mastermind because mastermind if that's Mastermind, I was like, this guy seems like Mr. Sinister. Uh, yeah, right. Like a guy with a little beard drinking a glass of wine. I'm like, this should be Mr. Sinister. Like living inside a lab that is made out of living organs. Doing experiments on mutants and turning them into right. human monsters. That's fucking Mr. Sinister shit. However, the part <laughs> that is not Mr. Sinister is that the U-Men are doing this because they hate mutants. And Mr. Sinister loves them. Right. He loves them and, and also yeah. hurts them. He wants to be one. But... The you men hate them. I can't even. I'm I'm still like a month behind in the actual comic books, and we're going into this multi, the new big crossover event, yep, right? Yep. Which is Mister Sinister resetting the universe to make everything about him I love across it. the board. I love it. I've not read any of this. I don't know what the premise is, but I'm in the point in the comic books where very recently, and this is kind of re- related to what we're talking about, where. I was going to say Mr. Sinister loves mutants because he is trying to turn himself into a mutant. But there's like this whole like reveal that the original guy, Nathaniel Essex, actually died. And it's just been a clone this entire time of him. Amazing. And there's apparently like four of them with like different card things. Different motivations. Yeah. No, there's like a club on one head and there's the red diamond oh my God. or whatever. Did you write this story? Because that really sounds like some Ryan Pagella shit. This is the same story that it was revealed that... Mystique is canonically Sherlock Holmes, Insane. which, uh, by the way, Insane. I read that. And I was like, you were like, I need to call Maddie instantly as soon as you read that. You were like, Maddie, drop everything. Mystique is Sherlock Holmes. Mystique is Sherlock Holmes canonically. And I was like, I don't even know what to say right now. I'm freaking out. Like, what? What the fuck? Because I love Sherlock yeah. Holmes and I love Mystique. And also this this information is insane. Just pure insanity. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's what I was thinking about while I was watching the show. I was like, well, hold on. This is just like ironic that it's not Mr. Sinister because it would it would. It fit. is ironic, but but I'm glad it's not. I'm glad it's the U-Men and I'm glad that it's like a really specific, right. terrifying new version of people who hate mutants. <laughs> I, I mean, it works. It's great. I mean, we're, we're going to talk about what they do in this because that is a plot point. But at this point, we're just having this scene where the human are like, we're tracking mutants and they're all laughing at yes. each other because this is Mr. Sinister. And then it it cuts over to a fucking cyborg body is shown in the background. No, not yet. There's I don't know why they cut it this way, but we're going to go see Logan and Hank first. And then it goes back to the mastermind with the wine. I don't know why it was done that way. But the only part of that scene is Logan looking over at Hank and he's like on his iPad or whatever. Okay, I liked this scene. Okay, so this and is... Logan's like... <laughs> I, Logan's like so dumb. I he's know. like, ah, so you built yourself a portable Cerebro. And I'm like, Logan, that's a tablet. Yeah, like, everybody... like literally Beast is holding an iPad like looking at coordinates and Logan's <laughs> like, so is that just Cerebro again? Or like, what the fuck is that? And Beast is like, Jesus Christ, Logan. Like, this is a phone. Like, do you not know what that is? Like... What I loved their dynamic in this scene. I was like, I'm so glad we're back to Beast and Logan flirting with each other a little bit, and also Beast being also like, Scott "You're fucking flirting. stupid." Yeah, there's a lot of Scott and Logan flirting in this episode. I, I mean, I don't. Emma's gonna be more prominent in the next episode, but I do like that it's just so all these gay. men, and then Storm and Storm is not interested in any of them. Storm is like just in the background, being like, "I guess I'll kill these guys with some lightning because everybody else is really busy right now." Okay, they're so- too busy putting their dicks into each other so i guess i'll take care of this (laughs) so um beast is using his tablet to scan for mutants which that's the part of it that is kind of like cerebro i don't know how he has that in his ipad but whatever it's google maps it is google maps and logan says sounds to me like you're horning in on chuck's action since he couldn't scan anything here you think he's starting to lose his touch don't you and beast is like not any more than you've lost your charm wolverine which is some hilarious banter but also i was like why does logan keep saying he thinks xavier's losing his powers it's just an i'm, I'm like is that gonna come I back i don't know because he said it multiple times so far in the show and i'm like is that foreshadowing for something so this is what's happening is that at the end of the series it turns out that xavier is the one who's operating <gasps> the human wait are you serious no oh <laughs> Right? You can't like fuck with me like that. that. I was like, that's so sick. I was so fucking I mean, pumped. Ryan, why did you lie to me? I wrote a really good version of the show. This show's over. I'm dumping you as a friend. I can't believe you would mislead me like that. All right. All right. So then okay, we go so back anyway. to the underground facility that we were describing before where the U-Men are like, we can't wait to kill the X-Men, but we don't know who they are yet. Right. And this is when he's like full on. This is when we wine. see fucking Mastermind. I don't, again, I'm assuming it's Mastermind, but I don't know who the fuck this no, is. No, I think it is him. Is he in the, like, he's on the Wikipedia page, right? So it's gotta he is, be him. He is, he is. It's gotta be him. So he's, he's being a total anime villain in the darkness and is like swirling his wine glass being like, well, what's the news? And then the other guy who I think this is sublime talking. Yeah. Okay. He's the one with the little eyeglass, the monocle. I think the monocle guy is sublime. I think so too, but we haven't been introduced to these characters yet, so I don't actually know who they are. Nope. They don't look like their comic book counterparts, so I don't know. Nope, they have completely different designs. They ha- they look like amazing anime villains. Yeah. So Sublime says the X-Men are headed this way, not to worry, we can handle them. And then the anime villain who we think is Mastermind giggles and says, <laughs> let the chess game begin, Professor. Your pawn's against mine. He does At giggle. which point I wrote, this is fucking hilarious. It because is I was really like, funny. He's talking, so he's not talking to Professor X. Like, he's talking to no one, but he's talking to Professor X. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's like, let the chess game begin, Professor. But he's like saying it to the mirror. And it's like, what the fuck is like this shit right now? Like, it's fucking crazy. I, I loved I it. I don't know. But now we're going to go over to Armor's parents. So sad. This oh is my a sad God. scene. There's information dump. Is There's a lot. Yes. And also they live. They're like, oh, let's go inside for they a second, by the way. gorgeous ski lodge gorgeous mansion i thought they were going up to a shrine because of the amount of Me steps too, they were going up and they're like beautiful, no beautiful beautiful like huge building can you imagine 
walking up 3,000 steps every day to get inside your house? No. They're like, we don't know what happened to Armour. Like, she got off... <laughs> she got she off, got the off at the bus and walked home by herself, and it took, like, 10 hours for her to get home, but that's normal. It was just that when it took 11 hours, we started to worry. Yeah. And it's like, Jesus Christ, you guys live in the middle of nowhere. Really? Like, but I think that's part of it, is that they're, like, protecting her, you know? Sure. I, you know what? That's a good point. I didn't really think about that. And they do have a comment here where they say there's a bunch of kids that are also like that in this area yeah i know i thought i mean i thought that was interesting so hisako's dad i they don't have names that we know of so i just wrote like mom and dad for when i was transcribing them. mr hisako and mrs hisako <laughs> okay well the last name's ichiki but... oh no i was just thinking like when you meet your parents your friend's parents oh. and teenage like when you're a teenager <laughs> and you're like you're like hello mr ryan and it's like you it's don't like know Ryan's their last mom, name and whatever yeah. yes 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 totally anyway so there's a huge information dump here and by the way as it goes on we get like the parents are like openly sobbing i know I, there's more tears coming out of them than humanly possible but that is happening it's like we're doing some anime crying it's there's some anime crying where the tears are so beautifully artfully done too where they're like sparkling in the light and then you'll like see a zoom in yeah, and typical anime shit yeah. yeah it's great i loved every second of it so they're giving the x-men a recap of all the clues they take scott and and company to the woods where her backpack was found and the mom is like the one time she takes the bus the one time and cyclops is like wait the one time and the dad's like the car wouldn't start that morning we thought about keeping her home but there was a test she couldn't afford to miss so we walked her to the school bus and then the mom explains that the bus came back a little early and they were late meeting it so she had already started walking home in the woods by herself all of this is interesting context because it's like this is how sheltered she is yeah. because of how intense mutant hatred is that her parents take her everywhere you know like they're like we walked her to the bus we saw her get on the bus we meet her at the bus and we walk her out you know what i'm saying yeah. like Everything in her life she's protected, and this is the one time she wasn't, which obviously was facilitated by the U-Men, right. is how I took it. Like, they cut the brake lines or whatever. I don't fucking know. They Not the brake lines. They cut something so that the car didn't start. Right. So then uh, the dad is like, we've tried to be so careful with all the other people that have gone missing lately. And then Cyclops is like, what others? And the dad's like... I thought you knew a lot of people. And then he pauses and says, well, a lot of mutants have been disappearing. Right. Which I thought was interesting, too, because it's like a sign that the dad isn't bigoted because he just generally referred to people and then realized right. that he would have to specify and well, be like, yeah, but oh, they also love their mutants. kids. Exactly. And they're, they're, they've been on good terms with Xavier for God knows how long at this point. So I know I just I liked that writing. And then um, the dad is like, you know, a lot of folks don't file a missing persons report or go to the police. And Storm is like, why the fuck not? Like, really surprised. Yeah. And the dad is like, I think they're scared that people will find out their family members are mutants. This area has never been very tolerant and it's only gotten worse in recent years. All the hard times, every accident or bit of bad luck has been blamed on mutants. There are a lot of bad feelings here for your kind, which I like thought was really fascinating. I thought that was well written. Because... It's depicted here as this total culture clash where like Storm is like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. and completely baffled because like this is new for her. We've just seen her be a hero on the cruise ship in the previous episode. She's used to people respecting her as the goddess that she is. Right. And this dad is like, uh, no, <laughs> you're, in a, you're in a place where people are going to fucking hate you and will abduct you and kill you. And no one in your entire town, including the police is going to care no one will look for you like that's insane but like they establish all of that really quickly and well i would say so um they're back inside the house by the way the phone rings yeah and the mom runs to go answer the phone and she starts screaming by the way <laughs> yeah first we have logan saying he thinks it's the human the, the whole scene where they're sobbing by the way it pans over to storm and she's like oh my god and cyclops is like actively getting angry and face yep. is sad and logan just looks fucking bored yeah Log well because like, logan is the one who's familiar with all of this yeah because 
I think the implication is he's been to Japan before and he knows people here and he's interacted with the U-men before they know him and he knows them. But it is funny that he looks so fucking bored. He's like, oh, they're crying. It's like Logan. Yes. <laughs> Logan has no time for emotions at all. He's like, whatever. I've seen some shit and I don't care. Um, so he's like, yeah, it's probably the U-men. And Storm is like, we jumped to conclusions. And Logan's like, it makes sense. There have been sightings of them all over Japan. And the dad is like, the U-men. And Logan starts answering the question by being like, yeah, they're a bunch of sickos who get their kicks and like doesn't complete his sentence because Aurora interrupts him. And it's just like, they're an anti-mutant group. We don't have any evidence they're involved. Probably because she doesn't want Logan to finish describing to the dad what could be happening to their daughter right now, which is like Good call. horrifying operations on her. Well, you know, it's it is Storm and she is leading this team again because I I don't know. I this would whole say time... she functionally is leading the team. Yeah, even though Scott pretends he's leading it. Yeah, look, it's like, Scott, are you going to fucking do anything? And Storm's like, I'm already doing it. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then the mom runs back in and she's like, that was Mr. Fujiwara on the phone. His grandson's gone missing, just like his and they the mom and dad start sobbing again and the mom is like he's a boy who works at the local store he went out to make a delivery yesterday and never came back and scott's like so is he gay <laughs> and the parents are like yeah he was gay <laughs> well it's not even more like that scott's like wait why and they're like because he's also gay and cyclops is like wait oh they're fuck. kidnapping all mutants and i was like Scott, Scott, follow the conversation. I was like, like, suddenly he gets so mad and it like zooms in dramatically. And Scott is like, what the fuck? And Logan is like in the background, like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> it's the fucking you men. They hate mutants. Well, first they got to get together now. Logan and Scott, I feel like they were like super dating in this episode. I don't know if you got that vibe. Well, they both have fucking matching motorcycles for some reason. And they're like, yeah. we're going on our motorcycle thing together. There was like a, there's a moment later where they're like, arguing about what g would have wanted but like it kind of sounds like they're talking about each other i, I know. you know it's kind of, it was very i don't like know the fact gay. that logan keeps being like well hypothetically if gene were here she would want you to kiss her so i guess you should kiss me because that's what gene <laughs> would want and scott is like yeah that tracks like that's like every conversation that they have i mean it's pretty gay it but is. anyway i do like that they have their matching motorcycles and they it's drive cute. dramatically through the snow mm-hmm. and then like everybody's like for to use a van except for these two because they both have to be like which one's more badass than the yeah, other like one they have to go on a little sexy motorcycle jaunt together and meanwhile beast and, and storm are just sitting in a normal car driving away like okay well we're in the car um oh well it's actually a jeep it's a pretty cool military jeep it's not that normal of a car and meanwhile i was like wait did they put all these vehicles on the x-jet when they flew to japan i guess so that's cool so cyclops and wolverine go to the delivery boys um employer so this is like this bigoted store owner who's looking at this picture and being like yeah "Yeah, that's that's the kid and then he he reveals that the kid disappeared weeks ago not yesterday and cyclops is like what the fuck and the owner's like yeah i sent him to deliver groceries to somebody who lives at the foot of that mountain over there that was like a week ago last thursday and i haven't seen him since (laughs) between you and me I've heard rumors that kid was one of them mutants. Freaks like that, you never know what they're up to. You can't trust them. Believe me, if I knew he was a mutie, I never would have hired him in the first place. And so as this guy's talking, Scott's like clenching his fist and he's he's, like shaking with anger. And then eventually, slowly, the guy notices that and gets kind of scared. And he's like, wait, fuck, you guys are gay? But that's hilarious (laughs) to me because he's like the, the fucking grocery store owner is like, wait a second. You're wearing a visor. Yeah. You're gay too. The two of you are standing weirdly close to each other. Are you guys dating? Like, Logan's <laughs> hair is doing whatever Logan's hair is always doing. And then I don't by the way, in this episode, I feel like it's gotten crazier, Logan's hair. I don't yeah. know what's going on with it. I but anyway, I just think it's crazy that the grocery store man ripped on mutants for a full five minutes and he's like, wait a second, I'm just figuring out that you're a mutant too. I'm like, dude, Cyclops is not wearing anything that anyone would wear. He's wearing like some Star Trek shit. Yeah, like the visor is crazy. Like yeah. you just look at this guy and thought he was a cop like why were you just going on and on about mutants um so then logan outs himself as a mutant as well by popping his claws on this guy's face and he's like what if we are which i liked that i liked that logan was like supporting his little boyfriend there being like hey fuck you and scott like puts his hand on logan's chest and is like logan calm down it's gonna be okay honey (laughs) 
<laughs> and then like two seconds later, Scott falls down and has a flashback to Jean. And I was I like, know. what the hell is happening? <laughs> yeah. So the owner like starts backing up, freaking out. And he's like, nothing personal. Didn't mean anything by it. Look, I got to get back to work. I told you everything I know. Right. And Logan and Cyclops kind of leave. And Logan's like, yeah, whatever. You're lucky we didn't fucking kill you. <laughs> and then we like hear the owner muttering to himself, like, just what we need around here, more muties. Pretty soon they're going to outnumber the real people. And that's when Logan says nothing like small town hospitality, huh? Which like, yeah. again, is sort of them hammering on the like, these people are ignorant of anything new or different. And they don't care if people die, basically, yeah. as long as yeah. they get to continue their small town like normalcy or whatever they perceive as normal, which is I don't know, fucking sad. Uh, but for a quick second, we're gonna flash on over to Beast, who I don't know gets on the comms with Scott and Logan, and he's like, "So the person who called Hisako's parents was not that kid's parents. We don't know who they were, so it's probably a trap. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is a trap or not, but they do find that kid later. So like." I mean, they, they were tipped off in some dire- some way. I don't know if Sublime and Mastermind had planned for this giant robot scene to be <laughs> like the end of the X-Men or if they wanted them to find the kid later on purpose. Yeah, I'm unclear. not actually sure about that. I mean, well, because like they find Emma and Hisaku at the end. So I kind of feel like well, I don't know. See, now I don't know because Mastermind's like, I'm moving the fucking chess pieces around. So whatever. <laughs> I was like, but it's it. The chess pieces are not being moved in a very logical way. I mean, I guess I would say that that might be a part of the episode that is a downside. Is that like the plan doesn't make any sense? I mean, you can't ask me. I don't. I do not even know how to play chess. So that's okay. Well, I could do checkers. I don't think that chess actually has anything to do with anything that happens in this episode because chess doesn't no, involve right. throwing ten billion robots at the X Men. Wait. Hold on, uh, this animation with the bikes are crazy awesome, and then it's awesome. The robots, I mean, this is going to go on for like a huge chunk of time. We have like five full minutes of this robot battle, but I don't, I I, I thought it was pretty fucking sweet. Honestly, I was like, this shit's it was pretty, cool pretty to fucking watch. sweet. It was cool. It's also funny that Logan has to specifically explain that the robots have bad aim because it's like, okay, first of all, they're robots; they should have perfect aim. That makes no <laughs> sense. But second of all, the reason they have to explain that is because there's no other way for the robots to show up and have there be like 200 of them firing missiles and like Logan and Scott get away. It's like, how is that possible? They're on motorcycles and they're like dodging and weaving and like doing the Akira slide. Their motorcycles, by the way, are doing some like crazy ass transformer shit. Yeah. Well, the robot ones are. If I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe Logan's and Cyclops no, 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 did I'm talking, too. I'm talking about Logan and Cyclops because they... They transform, so they release all these different weapons that come oh, out. Oh, there is this shot where Scott like hits a button and like a thousand guns fly out of the motorcycle. Yeah, you're right. I yeah. forgot about that. Meanwhile, I was like, Scott, use your powers. He takes a very long time to get around to using his fucking eye beams. Like it's multiple scenes later. I mean, that's that's Logan's contention in this whole. Okay, so I'm pulling it up now because I wanted to actually uh, visualize what's happening. I could not remember exactly what they looked like. Okay, so. First of all, animation in this scene, fucking really great across the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, so the, the bike's opening. It's got all these compartments for missiles and shit. It looks really cool. So these these there's like one giant ship that's following them. Like this big red Mega Man ass. Like Evangelion ass. Like there's a yeah. million robots inside of it, and then it like crash lands okay. and all the robots the, come out. The way that they animate the human is fucking creepy. They're twitchy. They're like, they look like they're transforming right now. They have like skulls for faces, yeah. but they're robot skulls, sort of. And like weird, tiny metal bodies and like long, creepy arms. And I don't know. And they have like one lightsaber arm and one gun arm, you know, like a robot would have. It's cool. I did like a little cut back to, uh, I guess, Sublime and some dude who's also there that's like attached to a table, but is also like laughing. I don't know who the hell that is. There's like so many people. Yeah, it's like some other cyborg guy that I'm like, can you tell me that guy's name? Because I don't know who the fuck that is. Yeah, I <laughs> don't know what's going on. So the fucking human are like, I think you said this already, but they're on motorcycles also. Yeah. So like everybody's on motorcycles. It looks pretty sweet. 
It I does. I thought it was really cool. There's also like a separate area where Beast and Aurora are getting attacked by robots on motorcycles. Um, there's this really funny shot where like their car is getting fired on and Beast inside the car calmly is like, I hope Scott, he's my warning. And Aurora <laughs> and is like, like, are you I fucking I worry a little real? less about Scott and a little more about us. <laughs> and Beast is like what? so calm and it's like really, really funny. <laughs> it was really funny because the fucking car's flipping over and he's like, hmm. I really hope that they take our warning. And Storm's like, <laughs> what, like the, what the Christ. fuck are you talking about? So then she pops out of the um, the top of the car to like use her powers. Oh yeah, that's fucking sick. I loved that. But then also like, I think it's Sublime is watching this and he's like, he has a line that says, be prepared to be X X-Men. I was <laughs> like, I don't know why I took this long to even get this joke onto one of these shows, but there it is. Yeah, it took so long and it's like, why... Why was that allowed to be in there? It's the stupidest line of all time. I, I don't know. But Storm Ewell is doing like what she did with the pirate ship from mm-hmm. earlier where she's... Just destroying shit epically. I, you know, it's like not even weather at this point. She just has Bobby's powers for the most part where she's making icebergs shoot up from the lake that they're on. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I truly don't understand how she's doing that. I'm like, does she really freeze the air that quickly? I guess. Apparently so. And it's kind of cool to see her having far more anime powers. Like she, when she shoots lightning, it nearly always comes out of her eyeballs, which like that's definitely not how her powers work, but it looks <laughs> sick as hell. So it's like pretty fun. Like she's fucking shooting eye beams Cyclops style, but it's just like lightning bolts coming out of her eyes and then like ice icebergs shooting up from the ground that are like blasting robots in half and it's it's really fucking cool i mean the only thing about it that i don't love is that then immediately storm looks really tired like she's like oh i use so much power and i'm like i guess that's also very anime for her to be like oh no now i need to eat a huge meal in order to charge up again (laughs) or like whatever it's like why why is this how her powers work Uh, i don't know but it's i i think this is what people were referencing where they were like, oh, Storm has to be nerfed. like nerfed. Otherwise, she would just win all the battles, which is fair. But I also yeah. wish that there was a better way around it other than her pulling it. I don't think they need it either because it's like she then looks really tired, but then a second later well, she flies off and follows one of the robots back to the facility. So it's like, why even bother? In this show, her powers operate like Katie's in X-Men the comic book where <laughs> she does something fucking awesome and then she's like, got a nap for a while. Yeah, it's just weird. I mean... It I, is weird. I, I'm still appreciating it way more than the depiction of Storm on anything else other X-Men than Evolution. X-Men TAS because it's yeah. like... At least on this show, she's still part of the team and actually has lines and is part of battles. So, like, it's still better than what we've been used to by such a long shot. Right. So she flies off after a robot because she's going to find the facility and that's going to be important later. We go back to Logan and Scott romantically saving each other in battle. They are doing that. There's also, like, a crazy fight scene and we have an anime moment where... Cyclops is like time to do a huge inner monologue about about mutants and mutant freedom and Gene and like they're like (laughs) literally flying through the air and he's like there's no place where mutants will ever be safe yeah we didn't start this fight but we sure as hell are going to finish it you know typical anime shit where it's like everything's in their head and then he's like having all these flashbacks to like the bigoted store owner and like armor's mom crying and it's like oh my god so scott's getting his shit together maybe question mark i you know i don't even know what beast is doing he's just like hanging out in the background while cyclops and logan are fighting all these robots and storm's just like you know I'm just going to fly up here and see where these guys are coming from. Are coming from. from. Like, she's the one who actually finds out the key piece of information, which is, like, the where the facility is located. But I did, I do want to say, like, there is this moment during Scott's inner monologue where he's, like, clearly spacing out and, like, gets knocked over. And then Logan has to, like, swoop in and save him. And he's like, when I'm the calm and steady one, you know something's wrong, psych. Which is, yeah. like, them fucking i don't know i (laughs) that's the moment when finally scott starts using his eye beams it's taken him like 30 minutes to get around to using those and then uh after storm finds the facility uh scott and logan are surrounded by robot bodies and they're like having a little conversation it's also nighttime now like it went from day to night in like two seconds who the fuck knows somebody played the fucking ocarina of time it's night now yeah anyway it's whatever time of day it needs to be for the scene to look cool right and logan is like look i know you're all shook up about genie 
but the last thing we want is you losing it. You need to get a grip, man, for all our sakes. Grip my dick is what we're You need Logan's to get saying. a grip on my dick so that you can fucking concentrate. And Scott is like, I don't need a lecture on self-control from you of all people. Let's get out of here. And it's like, I mean, it's fair, but it's also true that Scott is openly having PTSD flashbacks throughout this mission and is like not okay. Yeah, no, you're right. And not really capable of fighting right now. Don't they have a gay moment about Jean? I mean, I don't know. That's all I wrote down for them is just Logan being like, you're shook up about Jean. You should be shook up about me. <laughs> so then we go back to the facility where the, the cyborgs are underground again. And Sublime is like, great. We got all the data on the X-Men. That's what we were trying to get. Apparently put the data to good use and then the other cyborg guy is like hey, 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 hey. and then sublime is like hey, 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 hey. and it's like okay i guess the point of that fight wasn't to kill the x-men but to collect data on the x-men i, I don't know wait okay i wait. don't know so the human robots first of all they say they have that line where they're like we can't wait to hear the x-men scream in agony and yeah. beg for mercy which is like yeah. damn but then xavier pops in and he's like i don't know giving everybody a psychic message he's on the phone with beast okay so this is the first part where they he references the x-force having fought the human in the past which is a different team from who's there now so this shows that like the i mean we've been led to believe that the x-men is just the ones that have, were in his fucking photograph but mm-hmm. it's actually turning out that there's been multiple teams yeah and which is already school... kind of a rewrite of the first episode which i was like what why are we doing that I, we whatever <laughs> warren ellis was not fucking following yeah, any of warren his own ellis canon. was kind of doing whatever he wanted to do but basically xavier talks about how the human the human harvest organs and parts from mutants to make them stronger so they operate on mutants and do the mr sinister thing where they're like now we're gonna take the powers for ourselves the mutant powers yeah. yeah and then xavier tells him this and then dramatically quietly to himself is like the x-men are in for the fight of their lives and i was like well there's some <laughs> anime shit then xavier tries hacking this place called the sasaki institute yeah. no idea what the fuck that is what it's been is compromised that? i don't know <laughs> <laughs> so i like watched that twice because i was like what's happening what? i know here? me too i was like who is who like, where why is where xavier is like trying to hack somebody's computer like he's like <laughs> typing something and he's like access point sasaki institute is it like a mutant institute out there yeah maybe I'm, i mean i guess we'll find out maybe emma frost is gonna explain this i think emma does have a line about protecting armor or whatever in the next scene or next mm. episode so I, I maybe that's what it is and maybe she's like oh i was working for the Sasaki institute maybe this is going to be the massachusetts institute i don't know yeah maybe or maybe it's like completely different slash new characters who get in- introduced in this show because it kind of seems right. like they're enjoying doing that but we're not there yet because now we're going into like a full-on horror movie for the oh, remainder my God. of this episode it gets like they so are walking scary this would give me fucking nightmares if i were 11 years old watching this they are walking through a silent hill literally is what literally fucking it literally hill. looks like that i love it by okay. The way. <laughs> okay my note just says this is beautiful tbh it is really beautifully done and it's so creepy so this is this is the facility where deep 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 underground the human are waiting for them presumably yeah. but right now they're on level one of the video of game this dungeon and right. um they're just walking through it and it's completely abandoned but also it's been overgrown with these weird almost lifelike cables that are everywhere which are sort of a sign of the cyborg influence over this entire building basically where it's like i don't know it looks like some alien life form that's growing on everything but it's it's fucking wires it's so creepy looking and everything's bathed in red light again but it has these little pinpricks of like neon green lights hanging from the ceiling i mean i'm pulling it up right now just to kind of like use it as a reference point again it's literally looks like old school silent hill with the rusty pipes yep. and walls i mean again a piece of japanese horror that we're referring to here with silent hill over and over again i mean this is like I, it's I mean, so good i mean this is the stuff where i'm like damn anime is cool <laughs> like, yeah right damn. i mean i i've been like really falling back into the anime thing again recently so i've been enjoying yeah watching this show alongside it and it's yep. like watching this has me like should I just rewatch Akira? Like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, th- I need to be watching some good shit. Um, so there's footsteps are echoing down the hall. It's like this huge, empty hallway. 
And Logan is like, was this a hospital? And Aurora was like, I don't fucking know. This place is creepy as hell. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and Logan is like, well, it's perfect for a hideout. Plenty of privacy. And Beast is like, there's no security. This seems a bit too easy if you ask me. Like, I suspect a trap. And Logan's like, Hank McCoy, PhD in the obvious, which I thought was a pretty funny line. Um, <laughs> and then they hear like a, a man moaning in pain down the hallway um, well, I guess I should say a boy. It's a teenage boy. Not that we realize that quite yet, but it is going to be the teenage boy who was kidnapped before. So he has been completely shaved, like head shaved, everything shaved. He's naked and he's covered in wires that are like sticking out of his skin and shit. Yeah. And he's crawling down the hall. We, we do a close up of his face. And he's saying, kill me over and over again, like quietly. And it's like the most terrifying yeah, thing. Yeah, at one point he reveals his face and his eyes are bright red yeah but cyclops still recognizes him in that moment they like i don't know they do a zoom in on his earring and then they do a zoom in on his earring on a picture i was like i guess that's how i figure out but yeah the kid's crying yeah and he's like kill me it's really terrifying yeah and so then scott runs towards the boy and is like we're here to help you and storm is like no cyclops wait because she knows it's a trap and that's yeah. when the boy explodes into the like the, it's like the end of Akira. He's like this huge hulking flesh sack that then becomes this like weird inhuman monster thing that I don't even know how to describe it. It's like I'm trying I'm trying to get a good shot of it, but like it's bouncing around. But right now at this point, he has like that one giant arm, and then mm -hmm. he explodes into this fucking juggernaut. He's he's having like a Resident Evil 2 William Birkin style metamorphosis where there's yep. like fucking eyeballs shooting out of his shoulders and yep, yep, yep. this is so cool where this is the part I loved is that he got huge and his mouth drops to the ground and his teeth go sideways and turn into like little fucking like pointed daggers and he just yep. starts screaming yeah it's so cool Japanese fucking horror monsters are so, so cool. fucking crazy. Yeah. So the design is completely uncanny at this point. Uncanny X-Men. <laughs> so Scott is just staring at this as it's unfolding and freezes because, again, PTSD. And we see him in his head. He's having a flashback to Gene also becoming an inhuman monster, which I thought was like yeah. an interesting flashback of like human to inhuman, the inner circle still being involved each step of the way. So Logan runs in and tackles him out of the way so that he doesn't get hit. Right. Because, you know, they're in love. And Logan is like smacking him like, yeah, you're in the game. Smacking his ass. And Scott's just <laughs> looking sad. Logan is like leaping up and slashing at the monster. And Scott kind of snaps out of it and is like, don't hurt him. He's just a kid, Logan. And Aurora's like, not anymore. He isn't. Look at him. And Beast is like using Google Glass to scan the kid and he's like i'm sorry storm's right he's just too far gone i don't know where he gets his google glasses I, yeah, I was like what the Whatever. fuck beast how did you scan this and he's like i guess there's not anything we can do and the boy may as well be killed and it's like holy shit beast like that's fucking cold <laughs> well, I mean, that's what happens i, I mean know. storm is like all right i gotta fucking kill this kid now so she starts electrocuting the monster and she does have a line where she goes i'm yeah. sorry there's nothing any of us can do now except put an end to your pain which is yeah. like yeah I mean, I do buy this for Storm. I feel Me like Storm too. is the person that would be compassionate enough to kill someone if they were dying anyway. And begging for death. I mean, this kid is like, I'm not a person. I don't even <laughs> know. I've been tortured and my free will is gone. And I would like you to kill me, please, so I don't kill you. I know. It's, so they it's are really following sad. his wishes. So then she collapses, which I was annoyed by. I was like, why is Storm collapsing again? <laughs> I think this is the part that, again people complained about it said she was underpowered yeah this is the part that annoys people so then beast runs over to protect storm and bears his teeth and tries to like fling himself at the monster but the monster just kind of throws him off and grabs storm king kong style in his hand because storm also has to be a damsel in distress really quick again i understand why these things annoy people but i'm still just excited that storm is on the show so <laughs> and like isn't in the background i know i yeah. mean even her getting kidnapped and fainting is more than we've seen her do for a very long time, which is sad. I'm not going to lie. It's sad. Uh, so the monster's like walking away with Storm in his hand and Scott finally like lifts his hand up to his visor like he's going to shoot the guy. And Logan is like, do it, take him out, do it. Take well, the shots, before, Cyclops, okay, do I'll, it, do it. Kill the kid, kill him, kill him. And like before screaming do that, that in the Logan has a comical moment where he trips the monster with like a bar. And I was like, that was Logan's contribution to the fight. And he's like, <laughs> I picked up like a fucking bar I found on the ground. And he's like, I tripped the monster. Like just some rebar and he just trips it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what else to do. I got nothing else. Cyclops, kill the kid. But this is like crazy because Cyclops eventually does 
kill yeah. the kid because the monster is sobbing by the way while it's doing there's tears running down the monster's face and cyclops starts screaming and cyclops starts sobbing and like continually firing as he's firing the kid is he's like disintegrating this kid yeah it is like it's crazy fucked. i don't know and eventually like after this horrible scene where Cyclops has to kill a child, the mm-hmm. kid's lying there dying. So the kid has transformed back into this like semi-human, but it's like a, his body's really misshapen and like parts are really weird and like bubbling open. And yeah, but he kind of has a, he has a human head again so he can talk again and he's small. Right. And Scott is sobbing, like holding this child who's dying in his oh, arms. I know. And the kid's and the kid like, is like, you shouldn't feel bad. You had to do it, but there are still others. It's not too late to save them save them please yeah and then the kid dies it's like (laughs) really fucking dark i don't know i keep on trying to interject and just say it's dark but like i feel like i don't need to actually say that well it's good though it's really good good fucking writing and scott says damn it into the darkness okay wait 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 but hold on a second then logan runs over and just really punches cyclops for no real reason Yep. And he's like, yep. it's like Logan's Logan like, is upset. And so Logan's like, I'm just going to punch Scott. And there's truly no reason he does Logan, it at all. Okay, Scott falls down to his knees in front of Logan's cock. And Logan screams, what would Gene think of you now? And I'm like, what is happening right now? What? <laughs> and then like, and like Cyclops is like, I just loved Gene. And Logan's like, but I loved her too. What do you think, Psych? What should we do? Should we be together? And Scott's like, yes. I was like, what? <laughs> And Logan's like, should we be the dads that these kids need? And should we find the kids and be dads together? Are you in? <laughs> and Scott is like, yeah, but I'm not going to accept your hand to help me up because I want to stand up on my oh, own. Oh, my God. Well, then he gets up. He's like, by the way, Storm, are you OK? And Storm's like, yeah, thanks, guys. <laughs> I thought that was really funny, too. That like That's like the end of the scene is that he's like, uh, Storm, you OK? And she's like, yeah, it's all good. <laughs> I don't think that was supposed to be funny, but it kind of is. Um, I, there is also one line that I just want to go back to because I feel like it's an important plot point, which is Scott's theory as to why the experiments are happening, which is he says they want to get mutants killing mutants. And so far we're playing right into their hands. So then I was like, okay, that's interesting. Like they're operating on mutants, not just to steal their mutant powers, but to turn them into monsters that kill other mutants. Like that's pretty fucking super villainous you know like that's kind of crazy yeah. it's like an, it's an interesting set of motivations mastermind is here and he's ready to make everybody fight each other yeah why would mastermind want to do that though <laughs> i don't know if that makes any sense for i him. don't know he got bored i mean this is japan so this is the japanese version of a mastermind who's also ready to battle royale all the fucking mutants together yeah i don't know why he's into this but you know what maybe we'll find out well now we're gonna go into mr sinister's resident evil lab and by mr sinister i mean mastermind i guess and there's like these like fucking pods in there that yeah what? there's like these metal pods with like glass tops so you can see inside the pod okay wait but the beast has a comment where he goes this is some kind of operating room, but I doubt many lives have been saved here. It's like, thanks, Beast. <laughs> it's really funny. He's like, this is an operating room, but what if the operations were bad? We're not good. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, okay, thanks, Beast, for your introspective input. at all. But they do find Hisako. So Logan runs over to Hisako, who's like in one of these pods, and he's like, yeah. I think we just found the girl we're looking for. And Scott's like, Hisako? And I thought he was like trying to talk to her. And I was like, Scott, she can't hear you, which I thought was like very funny because he's just like screaming into the coffin, like, Hisako? Hisako? Are, are you, there? you there? She's like dead asleep. Um, and then Beast is like, oh, look, another, another weird pod is over here. And it's Emma Frost inside this Ooh, one. And Scott Emma. has an inner monologue where he's like it's emma frost what the hell is she doing here but the other x-men don't recognize emma so it's like why does scott know her full name yeah and no one else does like what what's going on well emma uh, emma and scott i know typical shit i do like that cyclops screams what the fuck is she doing here and then it cuts to the credits like yeah that's how the episode ends it's just like smashed to credits by the way we didn't even really talk about the end credits last time we kind of did we talked about the moon but yeah. like it's actually a really long panorama of every x-men villain who's not on this show I know. Like Why? the Silver Samurai is there and Mystique and the Juggernaut. Well, maybe the Silver Samurai is on the Wolverine anime. 
I think he might be. Well, no, he is, but that doesn't explain where Mystique why and the Mystique Juggernaut, and the juggernaut are, are there. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they were planning on doing more episodes? I think they just wanted to draw the X-Men characters anime characters. I think you're right. Honestly, I think you're right, because they actually did quite a few anime episodes, because uh, they did the Iron Man and the Blade show as well, so maybe they weren't planning yeah. to do anything with this, and they were just like, here's some cool concept art we drew, and we were deciding what we wanted the show to be about. Check it out. <laughs> it's like, yeah. here's Magneto. What do you think? <laughs> Just like a bunch of fan art. I don't know. It's really cool. Um, also, like, we haven't really talked about the opening credits, but they're also amazing. Uh, the fucking, like, X in the background, like the weird metal <laughs> dilapidated X. And then all of, like, in real life, there's this huge metal X that all the X-Men are standing in front yeah, it's of. it's just, like, hanging out. It's there. like, it's why like... is this X here? Like, who built this massive metal X? Magneto did. I guess. I don't know. Like, I just think <laughs> it's, like, a funny opening that it's, like, all the characters are standing in front of this X together looking somber for, like, a really yeah. long time as music plays. But then there's all the shots of, like, everybody like just flying around in the sky yep and there's like the shot of gene kneeling and then like doing downward dog in a really sexual position that i was like why is this here (laughs) i mean we all know why it's here um that's yeah i love this show i'm having such a great time me too me too this is definitely a five out of five x's for me just because five out of five as well even though multiple things about it it didn't make sense don't know why mastermind's there don't know what his chess game is don't care just anime like this is how anime works yeah hint at things and they're like there's a lot of foreshadowing maybe it'll come back yeah maybe it won't (laughs) i don't know but it's fun i mean the parts of this that i really enjoyed obviously was like within the writing of what was happening i like how you peeled apart those layers of what marginalization looks like in this small town Mm -hmm. and what's that versus the states versus where they are now yep totally human shit is really fucking interesting me too and i actually like how underexplained it is like we're sort of joking around like wow they don't introduce anything and in this show it works because there isn't actually that much going on it's not like wolverine and the x-men where it's like things are constantly happening and you never have time to get used to it this is like there's one setting. There's only a couple of X-Men. There's only a couple of U-Men. We get it. We understand the stakes. Then the stakes are pretty high because kids are dying. Like a child died in this episode. So like, yeah. even though we don't know what's going on, yeah. we know we're going to find out. And also it's really scary and we get that. And that's all we really need to understand. You know? I mean, that that is a giant theme about this TV show that really came through in this episode is that I mean, they're making it scary in terms of, okay, well, the mutants are being hunted, but also it's just like horror. Yep. And it's not like slasher fest horror. We're having a good time. No, no, you know, no. Ghost face is running around. No, yeah, it's, it's like alien. It's... Than that. We don't know what's happening. Like, I, I love this. It's almost like going back to the animation style of anime they really loved in late 80s, early 90s, where it was just really bonkers, creepy shit, where everybody was like morphing. Mm-hmm. I think you're right with like referencing Akira. Akira, and also like Resident Evil, which isn't an anime, but is also like Japanese horror as no, well. No, but I do think a lot about Bubblegum Crisis 2040, because in that show, when the robots transform into like the demonic robots, mm-hmm. it looks very similar to this, but... I don't know. It was just really cool shit to see. I, I'm a big horror guy, so of course yep. I'm here for it. But it, it's nice and refreshing to watch something that is something that one I can follow Wolverine the X-Men. <laughs> oh, yeah. That that I'm loving as well uh, is yeah. that it, even the thing, the points of confusion are intentional confusion, which is great because I'm like, well, yeah, I'm not supposed to plot. understand this part. I'm supposed to find yeah. it intriguing and scary and fun. And, and like, you'll find out later. And you'll yeah. find out later. I mean, and it's just creepy horse shit all the time. Yeah. That's what they're doing. They, they're trying to freak you out. Absolutely. This is not a show for children. No, it's not. And I like that it's still political too. Me too. Like it's still got some political allegory here that's legitimately creepy be as fuck like i'm really enjoying that aspect as well to just have that yeah. on top of everything else because horror sh- horror is more fun to me when it's also a little political oh I you agree. know i just think it's i think it's better well i mean most horror is political mm-hmm. i mean it's supposed to be anyway i mean i agree with you I, there's certainly horror artists who would disagree with us but i think both of us agree that it should be about it should be making some commentary about human nature society something like that i was gonna say typically horror movies else yes. i guess i should specify there that is where it's usually directed to have some sort of like greater political commentary mm-hmm. like a metaphor of something going yeah. on yeah it's in there i guess that's not really happening in video games as much i mean I, it should evil not a good one to look at because it is actually about like corporations yeah corporate i would say resident evil is political i mean i'm about to play the dead space remake and dead space is uh i mean i guess it's about aliens 
I don't know. I, I will see what I think of it when I play it and be like, is there some political message here? Dead Space will be fine. Anyway, um, it's a five out of five. Do we have a spotlight this week? We do. Actually. Okay. It's very short. It's going to be like two minutes. Who's Um, it's not sublime because I didn't realize that's who the fuck that was, but I just did a really quick spotlight on the fucking you men. I feel like no, if that's it's going to be this. That's good because they are yeah. the main enemies and I feel like we need the help. So please right. guide us through this. <laughs> they are from Grant Morrison's era. So he yep. created them. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the storylines in this show are Warren Ellis adapting Grant Morrison's work. Right. Which is kind of interesting. I know. That is kind of a super combo that you wouldn't expect. I'm not that into Warren Ellis, but I do love Grant Morrison. So that kind of explains why I still like this show. Because I'm like, oh, well, the stories that are being pulled from here are Grant Morrison. Oh, yeah, I know. And Chris Claremont. Well. So, yeah, naturally, I'm going to like it. Warren Ellis can be funny. I think he manages that okay. I agree. But his opinions on women are not good. (laughs) So that could explain some of the storm shit that's happening here. Warren Ellis. Yeah, but I don't think he wrote the initial script. I think he adapted the script for the english version isn't that what he did i don't think he wrote it for japan so like that shit was not written by him like storm no he just kind of facilitated it and i think he worked with the japanese team throughout for what it's worth i don't think he just adapted it after the fact i don't know i mean i'm not warren ellis i don't want to really know (laughs) but anyway yeah so Grant Morrison wrote this in New X-Men, and the U-Men believe in using mutant body parts to augment their human bodies to get superpowers. They live in especially designed environmental suits to protect them from an imperfect world, and they were led by John Sublime, which I think that is who we're looking at, the guy with the fucking monocle. A group of U-Men tracked down the mutant (laughs) angel Salvador, who has fly-related mutant powers, and they are ready to dissect her in a lab when Wolverine attacks them. Um, because he had been searching for this mutant alongside Gene. Uh, they kill mm-hmm. the human and bring Angel into the care of the X-Men. Uh, the human then later attack the X-Mansion, the remaining ones that are there. Gene is the only one there along with the students, and she kind of like corrals them all to fight back together. It kind of, I feel like the implication of this show so far is that all of that stuff happened in the past. Yeah. Because Logan knows the human. Right. And, and then Gene does this crazy thing. Where she not only humiliates the human with her telepathy, but she starts defeating them with her phoenix powers because they're running away into the night screaming. And Jean is telekinetically ripping the suits off their skin and attacking them with psychic Whoa. power. It's like fucking intense. I was like, you know, like those few moments when Jean goes dark and they're like, that was just the phoenix. I'm like, I think that's just Jean. <laughs> Yeah, Gene is just like, no, I'm going to fucking murder these guys and enjoy it a little bit. I, I think <laughs> when Gene gets angry, she wants to get really sadistic. And I think that's just yeah. her. And they keep on trying to cover up and be like, well, that was the Phoenix. Uh, but anyway, so. Mm, no, Gene has a sadistic side. She's, she's got a dark side. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> they even later attack Zorn when he's doing his remedial class. And Angel is part of that class at the time. And the students are forced to fight them there. Um, they managed to push them back and defeat the human. And then Angel, the same little angel girl from before, discovers that Zorn had been killed by the human. Um, and mm-hmm. then th- I think the last time we really worked with them, because they, they only really existed in Grant Morrison's run, uh, Kid Omega, mm-hmm. Quentin Quire, at one point gets fucked up on the mutant drug kick. Remember the kick drug? I, I kind of think they got to bring that back. <laughs> Vaguely. No, it's like they should. it's like cocaine for mutants where they would take it and it would like amp up their powers and also make them be like, let's fucking go. And so he had his like gain of students and they went to attack a human stronghold, destroy it. And they killed, I think, all of them. Got it. The kick was there and it was basically cocaine for mutants. That is exactly Bizarre. what it was. Yeah. Bizarre plot line. But. You gotta love it. All right, so that is that is that the end of the U-Men recap? Yeah, I, I said it was short. It is short. There'll be a couple more later on. I just felt like we could do some explanation on the human because it's you no know. it's much appreciated I'm, I'm looking forward to learning more about sublime and armor as well because they're both mutants that i don't know a ton about but they're on the show and uh that's kind of fun you I know i think arbor is going to be here like full time after this episode but i kind of appreciate that about this show is that yeah we're, i mean we know these characters like emma and armor have been like vaguely introduced but we're not spending any time with them yet because it's building the fucking story it's slowly introducing them i also just think it's cool to have this show made by mostly Japanese creators who are like, we're going to put this Japanese character into the show and have her be a main part of the X-Men. And I don't know. I just think that's really neat. I I feel like it's just another thing to appreciate about this show is that it's like a take on the X-Men from 
a different culture. That's really neat. Yeah, you know? I agree. Having a good time with the X-Men. Yeah, All recommend right. the show, guys. Oh, for sure. I wish it was streaming somewhere. As soon as it is, we will announce that because people should I watch I feel like it's got to be dropping on Disney Plus soon or something because they, they just pulled it off it of Netflix. Be. And I know that they had been moving stuff from, from Netflix, Netflix to, to Disney, Disney Plus. Plus yeah. So I, I'm sure it's part of that whole wave. Totally. So, MutantAges.com. Heard of it? It's a place. Sciencing.net. Yeah, sciencescene.net, also a place you can go to to get to our website where we host all of our episodes and also have a list of all the ways you can contact us on the right-hand side of the page. There is our email address, themutantages at gmail.com. There is a link to our Discord server. You can join it. You can ask questions. You can chat about the episodes. People have been sharing old advertisements for X-Men Apocalypse lately, which I have really enjoyed oh watching, my God. by the I way. I love the official crossover between the M&Ms. So weird. I don't know why that happens. What was like, the Coldwell Realtors where they like walk around the X-Mansion for five minutes? And I'm like, who the fuck is this for? Fucking weird as hell. Did you watch the Quicksilver like Fios ad? Because oh that God. one is legit funny. I, it's kind of, it's crazy that for some reason like this was the movie that they were like, we're going to make commercials for it. I don't know why. It's also crazy for like Quicksilver silver to be an internet ad like okay i want to go back to that reality like how do we get evan peters and more ads i just i loved it i was like i i'm willing to let quicksilver advertise anything to me i'm selling out for quicksilver um anyway we also have voicemail inbox it is at 1508-319-1668 we play those voicemails on the listener feedback episodes as you know if you've heard them and we have a po box where you can send us physical mail P.O. Box 3344, Natick, Massachusetts, 01760. And we open that mail on our YouTube channel, the YouTube for the Mutant Ages, because, of course, we're on every single platform as the Mutant Ages, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, TikTok, Tumblr, you name it, we're on it. And I am individually on those platforms. I'm at Mitty Myers. Ryan, how about you? Are you on any of them? I'm at RyanPagella.com. <laughs> You're like, what the hell is that? Um, Wait, what was I doing? Wait, what was that? I was doing like horror movie music. I was trying to. All right. No, so I'm at Ryan Pagella on Twitter and Ryan.Pagella on Insta Insta. Uh, That's also my Twitch. I've been playing Marvel's Midnight Suns, which I have to get further into that game so I can enjoy it a little bit more because right now, Maddie, Doctor Strange sucks. I don't know. I I don't know if you're ever going to like it as much as I did. I'm worried you won't. Uh, and I'll be fine when it gets to magic because I like the stuff when she's around. I was like, oh, cool. She's cool. Yeah. So I feel like it gets better and better as you go because then you can just play with Carol and magic over and over. Well, whatever. Carol's cool. But like, I like pissing off Doctor Strange. Like, I'm not yes. making friend points with that guy. But anyway, so that's what I'm doing over there. Uh, we already talked about the YouTube channel a little bit where you can go watch clips from this show matched up with the animated shows or uh, X Men parodies that we put up there or us reading old screenplays that were unproduced because uh, there's a lot of fucking pitches that went on and we always have a good time there so go check that out mm-hmm. if you want some good shit yeah and also there are ways that you can support the show with your hard-earned cash uh we know it's tough out there right now but uh we appreciate everybody who's able to contribute something we have a store where you can buy mutant ages merch i put a link to the store in every episode description and also we have a patreon patreon.com slash the mutant ages where you can get bonus episodes outtakes all kinds of shit, behind the scenes stuff. Uh, and our highest tier Patreon supporters get a shout out on the show. That's right. Um, no real voice this week because I don't think we had anything yet. Um, but I, I've, <laughs> Other than like, hey, 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 hey. No, I can't do this. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start hyperventilating. Samuel B, Soren B, and Zach S, thank you for being our top tier patron supporters. <laughs> Maddie will be mastermind in the background giggling <laughs> into her glass of wine, which is appropriate. Finally, I've gotten all of the information about those three mutants. And what am I going to do with it? I don't know. That's <laughs> something. Going to do some crazy shit with it at sciencescene.net. Check it out. And uh, if you can't afford to support the show, we totally understand, uh, especially <laughs> now, but always, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. If you can't afford to support the show, <laughs> then please leave us a review uh, <laughs> on the podcast platform of your choosing. And please make it a, a good one so that other people can find the show and find out that it's good and uh, share it on your personal social media, too, if, if you can. Yeah. If you dare. 
And that's it. All right. Another episode. Sweet. In the can. There we go. Bam, bam. Bam, bam, in the can. Got it. All right. This has been another episode of Resident Evil. (laughs) See you next time.